When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is your host, Bunny Michael. Welcome to EXO Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I help guide you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. I hope you had a beautiful week. Right now, as I am recording this, I'm sitting in my apartment in Brooklyn and I'm looking outside and the blizzard is going full steam. It's so beautiful. It's a wonderful backdrop to recording today. You know, sometimes nature just takes your breath away because it's so powerful. And so often we aren't very present with the nature around us. You know, it takes like some drastic change for us to really notice it. And this is one of those days. I hope that you had a nice week. It was an emotional one for me and a lot of people I know because the artist and musician known as Sophie left the body a few days ago in a sudden accident. The record label issued a statement saying that they were trying to look at the full moon. There was a full moon earlier in the week. Um, I believe it was in Leo. And they were trying to look at the full moon on a hike and ended up falling. And it was some really, really shocking, shocking news to a lot of their fans and people that knew them in the art community, in the music community. I had met them a couple of times years ago in my early music scene days when I was um, first starting to perform music. And they were a real close friend to some close friends of mine. So I think that, you know, because they were 34 and had had such a huge influence on musicians and artists. It was just such a shock to lose someone who seemed to have so much more to do on this earth. Her songs like It's Okay to Cry and Immaterial had a huge influence on me as a writer because their lyrics spoke a lot about who we are beyond our forms, you know, who we are beyond our bodies, which is such a important aspect to connecting to your higher self. Also, as a trans artist, their songs have been especially healing and inspiring to queer and trans people. And when things like this happen, you know, so suddenly, it forces us to think about how limited and how precious and how mysterious our time here is as humans. But if there is something to be learned of the legacy that Sophie is leaving behind, it is to be unapologetically who you are, that your creative expression can hugely impact another person's courage to be who they are. And that how you show love in this world is what you are remembered for. It's true, we don't know how long we'll be in the body. So we have to let ourselves feel the love that we are. We have to let ourselves shine wherever we go. 
We have to let ourselves feel the joy and the grace of each day because we deserve no less. Before we get into the questions, I just wanted to read to you some of Sophie's lyrics. This is from their song, Immaterial. Immaterial boys, immaterial girls, immaterial. You could be me and I could be you. Always the same and never the same. Day by day, life after life, without my legs or my hair, without my jeans or my blood, with no name and with no type of story. Where do I live? Tell me, where do I exist? We're just immaterial. Rest in power, Sophie. All right, let's get to the first question. Hi, Bunny. Um, so I want to ask you about attachment and codependency. I um, have a disorganized attachment style and I've done a lot of work in therapy and do a lot of um, just healing work on my own, like writing and meditating and sitting with my emotions. Um, and that's really helped me through the years. But I've been coming into this experience this with my, you know, mirrors that partners are where it's bringing out something in me that feels like I need their attention more than I need to, I don't know, to like follow my my creative dreams and career dreams and personal just desires. It like feels like it'll overshadow everything and I'm just so <laughs> over it um, because I I just want to have a, like healthy secure bonds um, and I want to be meeting people from a whole place and I've I know that I've, I feel a lot closer to this than I was a couple years ago but still I will just experience like people who are more avoidant um when they, you know, maybe we were in love and then they were like showing me so much and giving me so much and they, they kind of fade away and I experience this, this deep emptiness and heartbreak, but it will last for such a long time and it feels like it will overshadow everything else in my life. And yeah, I guess I'm just wondering if you have advice on how to heal through this and hopefully release but and have more presence for you know presence in my own life and daily world and not be so centered around them uh, i hope that makes sense <laughs> thank you so much you mentioned the term attachment and i'm really glad that you brought it up because attachment can be a concept that is confusing for a lot of people. From the perspective of higher self, attachment is when we believe that whatever it is we're attached to is our only source of love. When we meet someone and quote unquote fall in love, what's actually happening is you're not falling in love with that person. It's that being with that person brings you to the place where you are in the awareness of love. 
Love is a state of consciousness. The perspective of higher self is seeing the world from that state of consciousness. And from that state of consciousness, you feel and know that you are whole. And that is your true self. So think of this person as a door into that state of consciousness where you know love. It's a popular term in our culture to say this or that person completes me. Well, no, that person just inspires the consciousness in you that knows you are already complete. But in most cases, this is all kind of happening without us really being aware of it. All we know is that we feel really good with this person because they're making you feel so great. They make you feel so at home, so safe, so warm. And so you assume that it's them that is making you feel that way, that they have some kind of magic over you. And that's when the fear starts to come in. You start to worry What if I lose them? You start to become possessive and jealous and controlling. You start needing more and more of their time. You never really feel like you're getting enough attention. Because in your mind, they are your only connection to love. They start to become like a drug and you're totally dependent on them to feel whole. That is all an illusion created from fear. And when you're in that, mindset, you've lost the perspective of your higher self. When this fear has taken over, you don't see this person as an individual with their own higher self that needs to be nurtured. You start to see them as the one thing that will fulfill what your fear is telling you you're lacking. And pretty soon, Both of you can't seem to find that original love and mutual joy that was there at the beginning of relationship before all this attachment came in. Interdependence is a mutual consensual care and service to one another. Attachment is the illusion that you need this thing in order to be whole. People can become attached to other doorways to love as well, not just romantic partners. For example, meditation is a doorway for many people, including me, a doorway to my higher self, a doorway to my wholeness. But getting caught up in the method rather than where the method is taking you is attachment. So if you're like, oh, I didn't meditate today, so I cannot connect to my higher self. No. The point of meditation is not to meditate. The point of meditation is to open a doorway to knowing your higher self, the wholeness of who you are, and that is always there whether you're conscious of it or not. Psychedelics have also been life-changing doorways for many people to the realization of their wholeness and their realization of the love inside of them. In my own healing experience, plant medicines have been incredible teachers for me, but becoming attached to the plant medicine and using it as the only method to getting there only leads to abusing that medicine. But All of this is totally understandable. You know, we are humans and we struggle with attachment because we all want love. And this is what the spiritual journey is. It's how can we know that we're whole in a world with so many things about this world teach us the opposite. So many things show us fear 
and judgment. This is what the spiritual journey is, figuring out how we can know we are divine while also navigating our humanness, our desires, and our egos, and our fear. Losing a partner hurts, and there is nothing wrong with feeling hurt and sad at that loss. But if you look inward to your higher self, I'm sure that you can see, judging from what you said about your relationships, that there were times in the relationships that you made choices that on a deeper level you knew weren't good for you. How many times in the relationship did you not listen to your higher self? The times where you let your responsibilities go because you were scared to not be with your partner for a long period of time, even though you knew you needed to take care of yourself. The time you chose to hang with your person rather than work on your art, even though you know you need to connect to your creative side. Art practice is another beautiful doorway to higher self. And I get the sense that you haven't fully allowed yourself to treat your art practice as sacred, as divine. But we all struggle with this. And you are not alone. For example, in my personal life right now, my spouse, Kara, is one of my favorite doorways to the awareness of love within me. But if I only depended on them and our relationship to get me there, that doorway would become a trap. As we nurture our higher selves, we have to take intentional time to find all our doorways and enjoy all of them. Let your relationships take you to that blissful state. Ironically, the less attached you are, the more blissful they will actually be, the more you will actually enjoy them. Right now, focus on doing the things you know will bring you joy. I don't mean satisfying your ego's need for attention. I mean the joy of being your true self. This question is from an email. Dear Bunny, I'm healing from some childhood trauma that entailed walking on eggshells to keep the male figure in my life happy, or at least peaceful enough so that he wouldn't explode with very scary rage and threaten me and my mother. I grew up monitoring every emotion, thinking six steps ahead about what could set him off and how to avoid it. I'm in my first professional job and doing super well, but there is one person I work with who is very prickly and prone to angry outbursts. Even my superiors are not safe from his wrath. I otherwise love my job and my team, and I know it's just something I have to work around. But for me personally, his behavior is so triggering. I work directly with him and can't avoid him. Sometimes I feel great that I'm coming into my own as an adult and kicking ass at my job, but I find that I revert back to my scared young self when I'm in contact with him or even when I'm just thinking about how I'm going to have to break news to him that he won't like, which is part of my job. Do you have any tips for how to handle this situation and how to not lose my healing progress? I try to do breathing exercises and those do help sometimes, as well as affirmations that ultimately I'm safe and that he can't really hurt me, but I still really struggle. I can sense you're very much aligned with your healing and keenly aware of how this guy's behavior is triggering your past pain. I say this a lot about triggers. Building our awareness of our triggers is the key to lessening further harm. And how we react to the circumstances that trigger us can evolve over time. It's sort of like working with an addiction. In the process of sobriety, at one point in your life, 
you couldn't take a step into a bar for fear of relapsing. But over time, the bar atmosphere might not feel so unsafe, and so you're less affected by that trigger. That's how triggers work. We just have to be mindful of them so that we don't cause ourselves further harm. My concern with your question, however, is that I'm wondering how is it ever appropriate for this coworker to have angry outbursts at work? Whether you've been in an abusive situation in your past or not, that type of treatment should not be tolerated in any professional setting. You deserve to be treated with professionalism and respect. Everyone does. I don't know the politics of your workplace, of course, but I do know in a patriarchal society, cis men are often given a pass to bouts of anger, like they're just being themselves. Would it ever be tolerated if you had emotional breakdowns at work periodically and cried so much that your coworkers were fearful of giving you bad news because you might start crying? I have a feeling that would not be okay with your superiors. So yes, his behavior is triggering because it reminds you of an abusive parent, but at what point is his behavior also abusive? I would encourage you to speak to your superiors about this toxic environment. It doesn't help the work you're trying to do. It doesn't help create a safe space for creativity and innovation. It doesn't have to be a personal issue. It's for everyone there, including him. Something has to change. In the meantime, remember, your higher self is always with you. The love inside you cannot be destroyed by anything, no matter what anybody says or no matter what attitude they speak to you in. People treat people the way they feel about themselves and Every time this guy treats you disrespectfully, it's because he is deeply insecure because he's wounded. We all struggle in our own way. We all need healing. Sometimes we have to be the representation of love in our workplace. The person who is reminding everyone that we all deserve kindness and compassion. Let your higher self guide you through the strength of your loving heart. We have the power to heal the spaces we are in. Sometimes that's why we were put there in the first place. Hi, Bunny. Um, I've been feeling concerned lately about how much time I spend anticipating my own future suffering, like knowing that my family dog will die one day not too long from now, given her ripe old age of 12 years old as a chihuahua. <laughs> um, you know, of course, there's larger mom- future moments of suffering that I'm also fearful of. Like the next time I find out a loved one has passed away and knowing what kind of um, headspace that'll put me in for a long time, wishing I had known wishing that there was some way I could have known ahead of time. I don't know. It's kind of, it's really scary thinking about these things and the fact that they're all, you know, guaranteed. And I know life isn't just purely suffering and that we have to live in the moment and appreciate what we have right in front of us. But I guess I'm scared that it will never feel like enough 
you know, to live in this present moment because it won't last. And one day you kind of just have to sit with your losses, you know, losing a grandparent or, you know, someone you love. You just have to sit with that. And you'll so deeply crave to have more time. I don't know, it just all, it all seems so scary. Um, but I don't want to live my life in avoidance of those truths because the truth comes no matter how you feel about it. Um, so if there's any advice you, you could, um, send my way. Oh, sweetheart, I can feel your vulnerability and it's so beautiful. Yes, suffering and loss is so hard. We don't want to lose our loved ones. We don't want to die. All these feelings and fearful thoughts are natural because this is the human condition. To be human is to experience suffering and joy. There is no way to totally avoid pain in our life. But the grief we feel from losing the people we love is a testament to our joy. The joy of love that we feel for those beings who have now left the body. I believe that when we die, our consciousness doesn't die, only our bodies do. And by consciousness, I mean our higher selves, who are beyond our personalities, our bodies, our form-based identities. Higher self is the awareness of our oneness, the source of love that we're all part of. That part of our being is our true self, and it resides within. You can call it God or the universe or the Atman or Nirvana or goddess, whatever name you use, it's the source of our lives here and where we will return when we leave here. When we experience love with another person in our life, it's not our forms, our bodies that are in that love space together. It's our consciousness, our heart space. That connection does not need the form in order to exist. Meaning when our loved ones leave the body, we can connect to their higher selves through ours. We can feel their love and we can give them ours. That love never dies because it was never born. It just is. I don't know where our consciousness goes after we leave the body, but what I do know is that the times in my life where I have fully integrated with my higher self, where I have transcended my ego identity into the space where I am spirit, I am in total peace and bliss, like I've finally come home. This is the home I believe we get to go to. Death can be a rite of passage. It's not something to be afraid of. It is safe. But understanding all this doesn't mean we don't experience suffering. I just don't want you to get too caught up in the belief that suffering shouldn't happen. Suffering is a transformational experience. Suffering can be a teacher. When the day comes when your loving, sweet dog leaves the body, the grief that you will feel in your heart is because of love. And in that way, you can't say that suffering is bad. Would it be good if we all lived on this earth forever? I don't think so. Our suffering, our grief, and our loss is a sacred experience. It's a testament to our ability to connect to other beings in the heart space. It's a testament to love. Grief is a way to honor that love. 
But we have to remember, even in our grief, love doesn't end when the body does. It's there to be at one with wherever we are, whenever we want. And in that way, our loved ones didn't really leave. They live in our hearts. They're actually closer to us now than they ever have been before. Hi, Bunny. Um, I've been a supporter for so long, and your podcast just grounds me and brings me so much joy. So thank you. Um, I have a question about my partner. Um, They are currently, like going through a really hard time um they struggle with immense sleep issues and um they're in the middle of like a transitional phase they're applying to grad school and they haven't been able to find a job and don't have a lot of money or support from like their family um financially whereas I have a lot of support for my family and I'm still in schools and I'm feeling and I have a therapist as well and they don't have access to one right now um and it's definitely like hard because I really want to be there for them but it kind of leads into arguments sometimes because they don't really open up that much and tell me what's going on and it makes me feel insecure about our relationship thinking that they're upset with me or angry with me and then I'll confront them and they say like it's never about me like they're just going through a really hard time and so I've been trying to support them but I just I don't know if I'm feeling a lot of reassurance by them and love from them we're also in a long distance relationship right now and they're coming to move out with me at the end of the month. So I'm I'm thinking that will change a lot for the better. But I am nervous that I'm just not going to feel reassured and loved by them because of their situation. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, like, where to accept that maybe they're not capable of that right now because they're working on getting themselves better, but also understanding that I deserve, like, the love that I want. So, yeah, if you have any guidance, um, I would greatly appreciate it. And thank you. We all have times in our life where we struggle, where we need some extra support from our loved ones. Loving partnerships are two people being willing to grow together and to support each other in the journey of self-realization and self-love. It seems to me that you do an excellent job at self-care and are very grounded in who you are and what your needs are. You're also very aware of the privileges that you have been blessed with in your life. But just because you have financial support and access to healthcare doesn't mean you shouldn't take credit for utilizing those blessings toward your inner journey. A lot of people have money and access, but fail to use it to benefit their connection to their higher self. So you should be proud of your commitment. Each partner brings where they are in their inner growth to the relationship, both their strengths and their challenges. And a lot of times those don't perfectly align. You might be more practiced in caring for your mental and emotional needs or healing from your trauma, but your partner, due to their own circumstances, hasn't realized how worthy they are of that type of care. 
Or maybe they've fallen off their path and are having a hard time getting back on the horse. These are very difficult and confusing times. A lot of people are struggling. And without some self-care practice, even if it's as simple as quieting your mind for five minutes a day, it's very easy to feel anxious and overwhelmed and depressed. What your partner is going through is totally understandable and there is no shame in having a hard time dealing. It's very important though that your partner is willing to grow with you, even if it's a small step at a time. Because without the willingness to do some inner work, the partnership will not evolve. Besides encouraging them through your love, you can perhaps help them seek out resources like sliding scale therapy. I don't know if they have health insurance and if or not, but if they don't, they could qualify for Medicaid. And I know that a lot of Medicaid's in different states cover mental health coverage. Um, you could encourage a spiritual practice or listening to motivational podcasts, or you could suggest doing some yoga as a couple or any other thing that you feel could help snap them out of those negative thought patterns and inspire, you know, a spark of change. But it's okay if they don't take your advice right away or take your suggestions because sometimes people want to feel like they're doing it for themselves. So try not to take it personally. You don't have control over their actions as much as you want to. But what you do have control over is leading by example. Keep diligent on your path of inner work. Prioritize your healing. Don't let anything get in the way of your self-care. Be the example of unapologetic self-love. The more aligned you are with your higher self, the more the people around you feel inspired to connect to theirs. The more aligned you are with your higher self, the more likely you are to make choices and create boundaries that will best serve your path of love. In any relationship, there are ups and downs. That's just how they go. If you're ever unsure if the relationship is working for you or not, get quiet and ask your higher self. Maybe your higher self will say, give it some more time. Maybe your higher self will say, I don't think you're able to care for yourself in this relationship. The truth is you already have the answer within you at all times. It's always inside you. All you have to do is keep diligent about checking in. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for sending in your questions and being so vulnerable and so loving in that generosity. Remember, if you want to hear extended versions of this podcast with two extra questions and answers, sign up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Especially if you're sending in questions, I highly recommend it. I'd hate for you to miss my response. So if this podcast is helping you connect to your higher self, be sure to help support us so that we can keep doing it every single week. All right. I'm sending you so much love. Remember, keep those doorways open. Keep discovering new ways of connecting. It's really endless in the different ways that you can feel the love inside of you. And there really is no limit. So get creative with it. Have fun with it. Have fun on your spiritual path. I mean, this is the joy of life. It's it's a path that actually lets you enjoy 
who you are and who you are is amazing. All right. Have a beautiful week. I love you so much. And so does your higher self. Bye for now. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari. 